So we're going to jump on back into our lesson text. If you got your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me uh, real quickly. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter chapter number 4. 1 Peter chapter number 4. And we're going to begin our reading at verse number 1. We begin uh, and been on this series called uh, uh, Generosity, the Spirit of Generosity. And as I told you, this is a mindset a cultural mindset change that I, as your pastor, am trying to, to get us to walk in. I'm, I, I keep preaching this, and I'm going to be repeating this because uh, one guy once told me, and I think it's true, says constant review is the student's glue. Constant review is the student's glue. In other words, it ought to stick to you. If you don't know anything else, you ought to, even know, you ought to know John 17 by now. That 23rd verse where Jesus prayed, I keep repeating it, that they experienced such perfect unity that the, his followers would be so connected together that the world will see that unity and know that, G, uh, that the Father sent the Son and that not only did the Father send the Son, but the Father loves the world just as much as he loves his Son. You ought to know that, amen? And, and I, 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 the culture of this church, I wanted to be in line with what the scripture speaks about the church. I don't want us to have a Baptist culture. I don't want us to have an Episcopalian culture. I don't want us to have an Assembly of God culture. I want us to have the culture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because after all, it is his church, not ours. Amen? You remember when we, when we started preaching this thing, we said that this ain't about our church. Because here's what happens, guys. If you're not careful, you'll begin to think that I want the church to be the way I want it in every aspect. And Jesus said, I want the church to be the way I want it. It's my church. I'm talking about Jesus when he's talking the word. So what I'm going to do as your pastor is give you word. And I'm going to challenge you to be obedient to the word that's being taught. I challenge you to go back and search the scripture. Go back and be like the, those men of Berea who search the scripture daily to see whether or not what I'm telling you is actually true. Amen? So we jump in there and we started talking about the spirit of generosity and we said that the spirit of generosity goes well beyond just the giving of financial resources. It's an attitude. It's a concept. Uh, Maria and I, uh, as, as I told you, one of the things that we, we do when we go out to restaurants and stuff and even fast food restaurants we, uh, we make a, 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 um, an effort to try to bless people because we want to we, we exude that spirit of generosity uh, uh, all the time, okay? But we went to this particular restaurant on yesterday, and had we gotten the type of friendly service that you reasonably expect, then we were going to bless them with a tip at a fast food restaurant. But I will tell you, before we went there to this particular restaurant, we kind of knew in our minds that it was a crapshoot whether or not we're going to get good service or not. <laughs> and when we pull up to the, 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 the drive through window, that was the rudest person that, that, that I'd ever come in contact with. I'm not going to even call the restaurant name, but if you've been there before, you probably know it. <laughs> Marari made a little order. Okay, all right, all right, all right that's right. And then we tried to change them. Well, man, we already made the sandwich. And we went to the window to try to explain something. And she was so short and curt. We're like, let's get this food. And then the food wasn't even good. 
the food wasn't even good after all that bad service. But guys, what, and Maria was getting ready to say something, and I said, well, just, 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 be, just be quiet. Just. <laughs> she, 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 now, she, what she was getting ready to do is tell the young lady about how rude and, and, and how indiscriminate her comments were and that that was not good customer service. But she, we decided to just leave it alone. I said, what you do is go, go home, look up the corporate headquarters and write something, put it down in writing. Because if you tell her, you know, it, obviously it's going to go out one day or the other and probably she'll be doing the same thing to the next customer. But, but learn to write. Okay, so we, we, we decide we're going to write it. But, but that spirit of generosity is something we carry and we want to bless others because we want people to see the love of God flowing through our bodies and through our lives. Okay, so... So we, and we talked about this. We said that uh, the, the concept of spirituality is, is, is interconnected with the concept of stewardship. The con- this concept of generosity is interconnected with the concept of stewardship. And we talked about the fact that we should be good stewards of our time, right? We, we said we should be good stewards of, of our spouse. Uh, we also said we should be good stewards of, <coughs> of our property long last week. And then today we're talking about good, spirit, good stewards of our spiritual gifts, showing generosity in the in the exercising of spiritual gifts, our spiritual gifts. Now, if you will, let's go to First Peter chapter number four, verse number one through eleven. I want to read this to you, and I want to try to unpack this as best I can in my time that I have left. Okay. Now, Peter writes this particular passage, and I want you to pay careful attention to everything he says, because when we read the Bible, the Scripture text, that's God's written word, His love letter to His family. To those who have made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Bible should be your guide. The psalmist says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a what? Light unto my pathway. So the word should illuminate which direction that I go in. The word should illuminate how I should respond to a rude person. The word should, should, should give me direction as to how I should deal with a wayward child. The word should give me a light as to how I should treat my spouse, how I should love her, how I should work in my place of employment as unto the Lord. The scripture is our guiding light. Everybody say it should guide me. So let's look at this right quick because if the spirit of generosity is going to flow in, if, we, if we're going to operate in our spiritual giftings and allow God to use us, we have to have the illumination of God's word directing us in which direction we should go in. Let's read together. Y'all ready? Are y'all ready to read? Are y'all ready to go? Let's read. Ready? Read. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, he had. All right, stop, stop. You must, who is writing here? Peter. This is, this is, this, listen, Peter has experienced a, a, a radical transformation in his walk. The brass Peter, the one who ran ahead and got ahead of Jesus, I told you on last week, and told Jesus that his assignment was not going to come to pass. No, was you're not going to the cross of Calvary. That very, that very same boastful, prideful, foot-in-the-mouth Peter is now filled with the Holy Ghost, experienced transformation, and now he's writing this letter to encourage other saints. It ain't how you start, baby. It's how you finish. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all had a bad start? 
How, how many of you, when you started this Christian faith, you, you weren't all where you need to be, but now God is, 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 is allowing his word to call out some of that stuff that used to be in you, some of that cussing that was in you, some of that mean spirit that was on the inside of you, some of that prejudice and racism that was on the inside of you. Now God and his word and the Holy Spirit is calling that stuff out. I think God ain't the way I used to be. Everybody say growth. growth. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may do what? Grow thereby. Keep, keep reading. You must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished, you have finished with sin. Watch this. You're not no longer bound by sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to what? To do the will of God. Watch this. When God really has a hold of you, when you've, when you've actually yielded your will to the will of God, then he says here, you won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires. Now, he did not say that you don't have desires because the Bible says, delight thyself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So we have desires, but we won't spend our life chasing our own desires. I got to ask you a question, and I need you to be serious. Honestly, you don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to think, I want you to think deeply and internally right now. How much time do you really give to thinking about the things of God when you're not at church? How much time do you really spend uh, uh, bombarding the throne room of God through the avenue of prayer saying, God, show me what you want me to do this week? How much time do you really spend asking God to use you in a very uh, spiritual and, and transformative way as you go about doing life on a daily basis? Or are you all about getting the money? It's, 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 I got to go make the money. I got to go get the stuff. You know, I got to do this. I got all these goals and aspirations. But my question to you is, how many of your goals and aspirations include God's plan for your life? He says, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious Anxious to do the will of God. The next verse, let's keep reading, guys. It says, you have had enough, you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust. Watch this. He's, who's he talking to? He's talking to born-again believers here. He says, in the time past, you, 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 you had enough of that. The evil things that godless people enjoy, what their immorality and their lust, their feasting and their drunkenness. And their wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Now watch this. I got a question for you. How many of y'all like to party in, the, in, your, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your heyday? How many of y'all like wild partying? How many of you were engaged in drunkenness in your partying days? Okay, nobody, nobody wants, just, just kind of look at me and blink. Don't make me call you out. I know some of y'all say, well, I don't want my children to know. Well, you know what? What you, what you ought to do is teach your children. I'm not saying you tell them everything you did because that's probably not wisdom. Miss Lulu, don't you tell them everything you did, but you got to tell them some things. 
that which the Lord released you to share, share. Guys, here's what we got to understand. Just like the apostle Paul, just like David, just like others, Moses, we see that they are fallible human beings that God has utilized uh, to do the work of ministry. None of us are here perfect, so all of us have a story to tell. And let God use your story to impact somebody else's life. Don't make, try to make people think that you always are, you always were where you are right, you always have been where you are right now. Be able to tell where the Lord has brought you from. Because your story can be an inspiration to others. So Peter says this, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Can we keep reading, guys? says, of course, your former friends, your former friends, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they do what? They talk about you. Because you don't come over now to the, to the spade game and, 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 and gossip while you're playing spade. There's nothing wrong with playing. You know, I grew up in an era where playing cards was frowned upon. Playing domino, fit in. Any domino players out there? Bam, deuce in a quarter. I got some dominoes players out there, right? <laughs> but guys, listen, listen to me. Listen, listen to me. The, those things in and of themselves are not wrong. Playing games not wrong. Just don't be trying to bet money on that stuff. But my point is this: you know, the people who you used to hang with and you used to do stuff with and, and talk and gossip and do these other things, now that you stop doing them, some of them begin to to, to look at you with a cross eye and begin to say. You think you are more than us now. When in actuality, all you're saying is, is that, no, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm any better than anybody. I'm just following after my Lord and his Savior, Jesus Christ. I, when I go to church, I'm not just going to church. I am, I am the church. I am a part of the body of Christ. So, 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 so yes, there's some things that I, that some things I used to do. I don't do anymore, but it's not because I'm better than you. It's because I'm following my savior. So it says, so they slander you. Keep reading. Let's go guys. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. Verse six says, this is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead so although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the spirit. Let's keep going, guys. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Can we keep going? Verse, verse number eight says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Guys, I have been harping on the sense of authentic community that's necessary for the church to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be like the Acts 2 church that, that spent time together. He says that most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love does what? Love does what? In other words, if, if, if I love you the way Christ loves you, then that, I'm not going to throw you away when you mess up. I'm not going to excuse your sin. I'm not going to give you a pass to keep on doing that sin, but, but when, when, I, when I know you're following the sin, I'm not going to kick you to the curb. Because love does what? Covers a multitude of sin. If you live with anybody for a prolonged period of time, you're going to see their weaknesses. 
You're going to see their shortcomings. You're going to see where they don't measure up. If you live with them for any prolonged period of time. And so if you're going to stay with them, you got, you got to realize that your love for them has to cover a multitude of sin. In other words, I don't allow what I know uh, 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 bad about you to determine how I'm going to deal with you now. Keep reading, guys. Text says this. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Read that again. Cheerfully share. This is called the Ministry of Hospitality here. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal. I need us to read that again. It says what? Who is you? If you are a born again believer, all scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction and righteousness. So it is to us, the Bible was written to us who are born again believers, cheerfully share your home. Can I get one amen? amen? Share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Is that what it says? How does it say share it? Not grudgingly. Not in a stuck up, sedity type way. But it says cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to, a place to stay. Next verse says this. Watch this. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to do what? To serve one another. What is them? Spiritual gifts. He get great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. Next verse says this. Let's read. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Now, again, we're touching on showing the spirit of generosity in the displaying and the utilization of our spiritual gifts. Now, I shared with you a, a while back, and we had this class that we've taught in the years past. It's called Spiritual Gift Discovery Class because I think it's critically important for us to understand that, that in the day and age that we're living in, uh, we need to be aware, cognizant, have, have, have clear direction on what is God leading us to do. What is my spiritual gift? Um, and I told you on, 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 on several occasions that spiritual gifts have two primary purposes. Because again, he just said here in a, it, about in that 10th verse, I believe, we ought to use them to serve one another. But they have two primary purposes. Number one, our spiritual gifts are to glorify God. Everybody say glorify God. Glorify. Spiritual gifts are, are given to us in the body of Christ so we can, number one, glorify God. And number two, edify others. The word edify means what? To build others up. So we talk about spiritual gifts. Nowhere in scripture are we told that spiritual gifts are given so that we can make ourselves popular. Nowhere is it says that spiritual gifts are, are, are given so we can be self-fulfilled and we can feel good about ourselves. It says spiritual gifts were given, number one, to glorify God, and number two, to edify others. If I am exercising any type of spiritual gift, and my goal for doing it is so that I can get myself pat on the back or I can feel good about me or people can call my name or I can get likes on Facebook. 
then I have missed the mark. Are y'all with me? Two purposes. Number one, do what? Glorify God. And number two, what? Edify others. Now, I don't have these in your notes, but go to the church app and we should have those out here. I'm going to give you three classification of spiritual gifts so that we can recognize uh, what those gifts are so that we can begin to utilize our giftings to help others, to glorify God and to do what? Edify others. Now, I'm going to give you two definitions before I start this because spiritual gifts should not cause division in the church. But the reality is, is that there are some people who won't fellowship with you if you are operating and exercising in certain spiritual gifts. I'm going to give you two fancy terms here. And brother, I hope you had a chance to get these. If not, I'll just, I'll just read them out. The first term I want you to look at is called cessationism. Cessationism. Everybody say it with me real quick. Cessationism. Oh, y'all got to do better. Say cessationism. Cessationism, this is the theological viewpoint that teaches that some of the spiritual gifts identified in the Bible ceased and are no longer in operation today. The question in cessationism is not whether there are gifts still being given, but which ones. The cessationists believe that miracles, healings, tongues, and interpretation of tongues were temporary gifts and are no longer operational today. Those are called people who operate as cessationists or, or the, the, the theory of the theological concept of cessationism. Okay? That means that some of them stopped, others are still available. Now, there's another term I want you to look at. It's called continuationism. All right? The word kind of gives away the definition, continuationism. The th- this is the theological viewpoint that holds to the belief that all the spiritual gifts, including miracles, healings, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, are still operational today, just as they were in the days of the early church. Y'all got me? So you have those who follow cessationism, which means they think some of them stopped. And, and, and I will tell you guys that at, in either one of these theological viewpoints, there are extremes on either end. There are some who think that none of the spiritual gifts are still available today, which I, I find that very difficult for somebody to, to come to that concept because if Jesus Christ and if God gave the spiritual gifts for the church and the church is still here today, why do we say that none of them are still available? Are y'all walking with me today? So much so, guys, that there are some denominations that, 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 that won't fellowship with other denominations or even some within their own denomination who, who believe it, that spiritual gifts are still valid today. If you speak in tongues, oh, you weird. I can't come up next to you. I can't fellowship with you. If you believe in healings or miracles, oh, we can't come around you. You spoke in tongues? I thought we were Baptists. Baby, let me tell you something. Spiritual gifts have no denominational identity connected to them. They are given by the Holy Spirit. All right, so I just want you to understand this, okay? So the continuationism. uh, The continuationists believe that the spiritual gifts have continued unabated since the day of Pentecost and that today's church 
has access to all the spiritual gifts. And by the way, I will tell you up front that I am one who believes that spiritual gifts are still available for the church today. Because I believe we, I can prove it through scripture and I can, I can share with you and I'll, I'll go to some of these passages real quickly uh, to, to help you understand that, that, that even on some of the ones that, that let's take for instance tongues, for instance. Paul, and I don't have time to go through the whole chapter today, but I will teach on it. Paul said in the 14th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, he talked about the appropriate use of tongues and interpretation of tongues in the corporate body. Paul, uh, in chapters 10 through 14 in 1 Corinthians, dealt with the principle of edification. And what Paul said was that Corinthian church with y'all baby self, y'all are still spiritual babies. Y'all got a lot of spiritual gifts flowing, but y'all are not mature spiritually. And as a result, there was disorder in the church, so much so that people couldn't get blessed by the word that was coming forth because everybody popped up. Somebody had a word in tongue. Somebody had a word in prophecy. And there was no order in the church. And when you don't have order, everybody can't get edified. In chapters 10 through 14, he deals with the principle of edification so that whatever's done in the corporate assembly should be done to edify the corporate body, not just you. You over there in the corner speaking in tongues the whole time I'm preaching. You may come, you may leave and say, Ooh, Lord, I was just blessed. I was edified. But you disrupted everybody else because we couldn't, they couldn't hear me because you were over there. Come on with me. Are y'all with me? Paul didn't say that tongues were wrong. Paul says, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than all y'all. We said, but yet in the church, in the corporate assembly, I'd rather say something that somebody can understand. That's something that they can't understand. And he said that prophecy and tongues are actually on the same level uh, when you have interpretation. Because if you don't know what I'm saying, how are you going to get blessed? If you can't understand what I'm preaching, how are you going to get blessed? So, so, he, so there are those who believe that, sensationists believe that, that they're extreme. Some who believe that none of them still are operation. And some cessationists believe that, 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 that there's, there's miracles, healings, tongues, and interpretation of tongues went away because they were temporary and they were only given uh, during the apostolic age to, to, to solidify that the revelation that God was giving the apostles was actually true. But my question to you is this, those who say that is, are people still doubting the church today? Are people still uh, dismissing the word of God today? They absolutely are. So if they are still doing that, why do the gifts go away? Because we have what they say, the canonization of scripture. Now that the Bible is here, that we don't only leave some of those giftings. I will tell you that when, when the author was talking about that which is perfect has come, he couldn't have been talking about the Bible because he, said, he went on to say that, because he said when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away with. So if he's talking about the Bible, then because he said we know in part, but then we won't know in part. I want to ask y'all a question. How many of y'all still knowing in part? How many of y'all know all there is to know and you got every theological concept already written down? You know every aspect of the Bible. Let me, let me see you because you are very special. <laughs> and I want to have some conversation with you. We still Look through a glass darkly now. God doesn't reveal everything to us. But when we see him face to face, come on, glory to God. When I see him face to face, I'm going to know everything I need to know. But right now, I don't know everything. I hope y'all will follow me. 
All right, can, can, we, can we walk a little bit? Can we walk a little bit? All right, so, well, Pastor, what are you getting at? What I want to share with you, the fact that, that the spiritual gifts are, are, are given to build up the body of Christ. Are y'all with me today? First, let's go, go with me to Ephesians chapter number four. Because Paul Peter told us to use our spiritual gifts to serve one another. Now listen to me. Hear me carefully. I need every eye on me right now. When you're trying to go, go find Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 right quick. And y'all pop it up on the screen. I would advise you, you know, I, I know we use the screens quite a bit, but don't get out of the habit of bringing your Bible and flipping through those pages. Something about turning those pages. I know you got your phones, you got your iPad, I have mine too. But there's something about just going to me, and maybe you call me old school, but there's something about doing this. There's something about getting your highlighter and marking the scripture. There's something about underlining it. That it, it, it makes that word stick a little bit closer. I, I'm just talking about me, okay? So even though I use technology, I still use my Bible. Amen? Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse number 11. Are y'all there with me? Now, this first category is what we're going to call the ministry gifts. Are you tracking with me today? The ministry gifts. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to what? The church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. That's a hyphenated word, pastors and teachers. It's a conjunctive word. And is a conjunction, right? Come on. Conjunction, junction. What's your function? (laughs) Hooking up phrases. That's what a conjunction does. It connects. So it says, and the pastors and teachers. If you are a pastor and you're not teaching, I will submit to you that, 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 that you really can't function in the role of a pastor without being a teacher of God's people. Here's what I will tell you. People need to be exhorted, but once you're saved, you need to be taught. You need to be discipled. And I will submit to you that many of our churches are suffering now because they, they're being hollered at and not taught the word of God. They're being screamed at, and listen, I, I, I can get excited just, just like the next person, but, but teach me the word of God. Tell me how to apply that word to my individual situation. Talk to him about what the word of God says about my finances. Talk to me what the word of God says about my marriage. Talk to me what the word of God, about, what the word of God says about me, how I rear my children. I want to know what the Bible says. So pastor and teacher. Well, let's, can we unpack them? First of all, Apostles, these are on, on, our, on, on the web, on, on, our, on our app. An apostle is, is one who is sent. Everybody say sent one. Apostles are missionaries and church planners who establish God's work in cultures around the world. An apostle may be sent across town or across the ocean to establish a church where there is none. If you're going to wear the title of an apostle, my question to you is how much church planning are you doing? Apostles operate in many spiritual giftings so they can raise up new Christians and leaders in the power of the spirit. So the first one is apostles. We saw the original 12 apostles and there, and there are some who teach that, 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 that they're no longer any apostle because in order to be a true apostle, you have to see Jesus face to face. 
Well, I will tell you that there are people who are doing the work of an apostle and are operating in apostolic authority, establishing churches, raising up new Christians in, in, in all across this globe. I believe that if God gave these gifts to the church, why would he take them away when the church is still here on earth? To me, that would be very unfair for God to say, okay, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give these gifts, but I'm going to take them away so that, uh, so that because, you know, we, you know, we, we've been around around a while and we got the scriptures, then that means they're no, no longer needed. No, these spiritual gifts are still needed. I told you, I am one who believes in the continuation of the spiritual gift because God gave them to the church, okay? Next one is, uh, next one is an evangelist. An evangelist is one with a special anointing to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Evangelists are gifted by the Holy Spirit to share the gospel of Christ in such a way that men and women repent are born again and become disciples of Christ. One of the world's greatest evangelists to ever live was Billy Graham. Uh, Maria and I, uh, uh, last year or so, we, we've been to, uh, had the occasion to go to Charlotte, North Carolina, a couple of times, and uh, and pass by the Billy Graham Library, uh, and uh, they thought a lot of him because he had worldwide impact. Even as I shared with you, we were talking about building a multi ethnic church. I shared with you how how Billy Graham said one of his greatest regrets. One of his greatest regrets was not being more vocal and forceful on civil rights issues. As a matter of fact, he did tear down some walls because he had some of his crusades they, in, some, in, in some of the segregated South. He tore down the rope and said, now all are going to sit together. But he, he, he regretted not being more forceful in, in, in taking the message of the church uh, out to uh, the world at large. And I'm, I'm here to tell you guys, this message of the cross of Christ and how we live and interconnect with one another cannot be separated from how we live civilly. How are you going to go to church and, and, and say you believe the Bible and that God's word is true and then you treat somebody different because of the way they look on the outside? That's asinine. And that's one of the things that we got to realize is that this is still happening in churches today. I told you, we're not going to be that kind of church. We're going to be, you're going to get real comfortable. You'll get tired of me saying that we all are one in Christ. And when someone walks through that door, that door, door, door. How you spell that? (laughs) D-O. I showed my little colloquialism then, right? I'm from Benton. Walk through the door. Now, the door! I do know how to talk. I get a little excited sometimes and I go back to my old heyday, amen? But whoever walks through that door needs to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, needs to feel welcome, and needs to see somebody that looks like them. Because what I told you is, is that Jesus said that we experience such perfect unity that the world, those who are outside the church, will know that the Father sent him and that the Father loves them just as much as he loves his son. Now, they're not going to know that until they see the church walking in unity. And they're not going to see the church walking in unity when we all separate in our individual silos. And they can't see the universal church, but they can see the local church. And when the world sees the local church, what do they see? Division. Racially, denominationally, age-wise, on down the line. But I'm here to tell you guys, God gave me an assignment and I will not step back on this assignment. He gave every preacher the same assignment and we're going to do it until I die. 
Because what I'm trying to do is build a foundation of faith that's based on the word of God. Not my personality bent. Not what I want. Guys, I'm going to tell you all something. God is, is, have y'all ever had God push you to do something that you were not comfortable doing? Now, I tell you, I'm very comfortable uh, operating in various circles. My background is such that God placed me strategically in, 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 in areas when I was in banking, when I was playing ball at Tech, when I was doing FCA, all these different areas that he placed me in. I'm very comfortable talking to whoever I need to talk to. I don't get bent out of shape because people are people. Let me say it again. People are people and God loves every last one of us. So the moment in your little pea brain you begin to think that you are greater or better than someone else, you better get slapped by the Holy Ghost. You will in this church. Because God wants to use us to reach the world. So, 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 so let me get back. Let me get back. So, what else? Uh, evangelists. Then pastors. Pastors, a pastor's a shepherd and nurturer of God's flock. These, these are what we call ministry gifts. Uh, did, did I even read this? Get, get back, get back to, go, go back to uh, for, uh, Ephesians 4. Watch this. Verse 11 through 13. I got to finish this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the, pro- the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Why did he give them? Watch this. Their responsibility, my responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, what? The body of Christ. Now, I'm not talking about this building per se. I'm talking about the church, people who love Jesus and are giving their heart to him. My job is to build you up so that you can be effective in going out and reaching others. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Next verse says this. They will, watch this, they, who is they? Those five minutes, those five fold we call, it's commonly referred to as five fold ministry gifts. They will, or this will, this building up of the church by the five fold ministry gifts, which some say apostles have went away, but this says, this will, what will continue? Them building the church up will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Watch this. It's going to continue until we do what? Measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Well, now, if these gifts are going to be operating and doing the work until we measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ, I got to ask this side over here. Are you measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ? I ain't, I ain't asking you what you're working on and what you're trying. That's, that was yes or no. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm just bit. Don't, don't get offended. I'm just, I had to pick on you then. Absolutely not. Because, Andre, we will not measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ until we see him face to face. Until that time, we need these gifts. You need a pastor to challenge you. Now, listen to me. I told you before, I am the, the least likely guy to be doing what I'm doing. I don't see how in the world God called a shy dude like me to share his message. I, 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 but Kevin, I don't know why he picked me, but he did. 
And once I settled in my spirit, that was God calling me to do what I'm doing today. I decided I'm going to run full throated, full throttle for the Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to back out. As your pastor, I'm going to challenge you. Because what the text says, go back to verse number 11. Watch this. Watch this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. The pastor is a, is a shepherd and nurturer of God's flock. The anointing and calling for this gift is rooted in the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ himself. A pastor or a shepherd assumes responsibility for the spiritual welfare of the sheep in the church that's entrusted by the spirit into his care. Now, what, what does that mean? What's that? That's a fancy way of saying that God is going to hold me responsible for what you're taught. How many of y'all have heard me talk about the beam of judgment seat of Christ? Who's going to be at the beam of judgment seat? Christians. And we're going to be judged based off of our faithfulness to the gospel ministry. So my responsibility, God is going to hold me responsible for trying to teach you with your little rebellious self. I, listen, I know some of y'all get mad at me sometimes. I know that. But I'm okay with that. All I say, if you get mad, show me in the world where I'm wrong. Let's sit down and let's talk about it. Is that fair? But he hurt my feelings. Well, maybe your feelings need to be hurt. If it moves you to change, I'm going to keep hurting your feelings. Listen, I am going to preach the truth in love. Okay? Does this sound like love to y'all? When I'm, does it sound like I'm, I'm loving on you or am I fussing at you? I need y'all to tell me the truth now. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Guys, in all seriousness, this says that he gave these gifts and part of my responsibility, again, guys, this is not my natural bent. But, but when I get up here and share, I can't help doing what God put in my spirit to do. I'm just going verse by verse, line by line, to teach you that, that, that we all have responsibility. And as your pastor, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to exhort you. As your pastor, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit idly by and let you go down a wayward path and not say anything. And I don't think you want to, I hope you wouldn't want that kind of passage to tell you whatever you want to hear. I want to challenge you to be the best you in Christ you can possibly be. Because here's, 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 here's where I'm at. All of you all have gifts that we need. And if you're not pursuing God, if you're not connecting in authentic community, if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to grow you, then your gifting will not be available for us as a church to use to build the body of Christ. So I got to challenge you. Because sometimes, if the truth be told, we all get a little lazy. Am I right about it? Sometimes, the truth be told, we all get a little selfish and we want it the way we want it. And if it's not the way I want it, quit. I'm taking my Bible and I'm going home. I'm taking my Bible and I'm going to another church. I told y'all before, it would be better 
for you to leave and go somewhere where you can submit to authority than to be in a place and be rebellious and not submit to the spiritual, spiritual authority that you, that you set yourself upon. Because you don't want to say the Holy Spirit told you to come. I ask everybody who come, did the Holy Spirit lead you? So, because I want to make sure that you're in the right place. And I believe you're all in the right place. I'm going to keep loving and preaching to you with the Lord, with the love of the Lord and sharing the word of God. So again, watch this. So what, what is, what's our responsibility? Next verse says what? It says, what, what do these guys do? These five, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Now I ask each one of you all who are members here, I said this, I said, I want you to get involved with at least, at least one in reach ministry and at least one outreach ministry. And if you need some help, identifying those outreach ministries or how you can help inside. We, we, we're going we're to walk you through it. I don't, I, don't, I don't expect you to just come in and just jump, just go somewhere. Be prayerful. But at least one outreach ministry and at least one inreach ministry. Because we grow by serving. We grow by being taught. We grow by submitting to authority, okay? All right. So, so I want to build you up in the body of Christ. So those are what we call ministries. The prophet is a person who speaks for God and who communicates God's message courageously to God's people. In the Hebrew, the word for prophet is nabi, nabi, N-A-B-I, which means to be a mouthpiece or a spokesman for God. In other words, a prophet delivers the word of the Lord. Prophecy brings conviction, repentance, and worship to the body of Christ. Prophecy is not necessarily a foretelling of the future. It's foretelling what thus said the Lord. It can include a future revelation, but most of the time it's just preaching. Are y'all with me today? It's declaring what thus said the Lord. So those are the ministry gifts. The next gift, go to Romans the 12th chapter with me right quick. Romans chapter 12, and these are what we call the body gifts. Now again, I don't, obviously in the context of this sermon, I don't have time to unpack all these individually. I'm just giving you uh, these, three, these three sets of spiritual gifts because each one of us should be asking God and seeking out how we can utilize our gifting. One thing I will tell you, and I've said it before and I've said it again, you will best serve in the area where you are gifted spiritually. And here's the other thing. Your gifting will usually be affirmed by the ministry that you're a part of or people who you relate to. What does it mean to affirm something? Let's say, for instance, <clears throat> now again, I use this example all the time. I'm... And, and really singing or, or the gift of creative communication uh, can be utilized to bless the body of Christ. I don't see myself as one, and I'm not, because I have never been affirmed as a person who, who can sing a solo and, and move the church. Fred, I, 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 I've never, I, I, I can't recall a time when anybody asked me, Eric, ain't nobody ever asked me, to sing at a wedding. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Now, I, I, why am I going to get mad? Because they didn't ask me to sing at a wedding. Because they're not affirming that I have that ministry gift of creative communication through divorce, okay? And, and, and let me say this right quick. Sometimes when you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Right? There are some people who can sing by themselves, but they can't carry a note. And stay in the pocket. Are y'all with me? 
In other words, they make it sing and they make it sing okay, but are they gifted to do what they're doing? And can they follow their note? Can they keep it throughout the song? Or are they, are they singing over somebody else and messing everybody else up? I know I'm not affirmed in that area, but I think I am affirmed as a pastor teacher. Well, you came and sat up under me, so I must have did something right. I mean, I'm not perfect, but, but I think the, the affirmation of the gift of teaching has, has been affirmed through, through the results that God has done through this work of ministry. See, when you are operating in a gift, the people around you will affirm that gifting in you. If you don't want to say you got that gift, you probably don't have it. Come on, can we be honest? Here's what I've learned. I'm, I'm not good at everything. There's some things I'm good at, some things I'm not. Don't make me less of a man. Don't make me less of a pastor. But what I will tell you is, is as you begin to search out what your spiritual gifting is, others will begin to affirm you in that. It'll usually it's something that you don't think very much about yourself because you, you, you do it. It's, it's, it's just, it almost seems like it comes natural to you. And everybody else saying, man, you really blessed me when you did that. But you're like, wait, no, that big of a deal. It ain't a big of a deal to you because you've been inspired by the Holy Ghost to do it. If you teach a class and everybody falls asleep, there's a good chance you don't have the ministry to get to teach it. Can I be honest? All right. Now, how many of y'all ever sat in the class in church and you're like, my God, I know they know the word, but this is, this is. Oh, you, you, did I go too far then? I'm trying to help somebody. Because what happens is in the church is we have the bless your heart mentality. But they've been doing that for 30 years, bless their heart. Nobody comes. It doesn't bless anybody. You know it don't bless anybody. But we don't want to hurt Sally's feelings. Baby, get in the area where you're gifted. And then you can be a blessing. As your pastor, I'm going I'm to encourage you to discover your spiritual gift and get affirmed in that and let others say, what do you see? Do you see this? Listen, I don't see you ser- serving in that area. Listen, you, you, you don't really like kids. You didn't even like your own kids. I don't think you need to work with the youth ministry. You mean? You got to let the Lord deal with you on that. You hollering at the kids, and we're trying to get them to come along and learn, but you scared them. Now, I, I believe in being firm. I believe in being having discipline and order, but some people don't know how to, to, to flow. There's a gifting there with the people who, who, who know how to, I mean, kids will just gravitate to them. I told my daughter, and in, 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 I'll say it publicly now, uh, uh, the middle one the one that was jumping around like a bunny rabbit doing VBS. I told her, I said, you don't even realize that you have a gift to relate to youth. I said, now, and I know sometimes you may say, well, you know, that, that, I don't really necessarily see that, but and I, I know she, she knows music. She, she's gifted in that, in, that, in that aspect. But I said, let God use you, even when it comes to coaching and when it comes to teaching. I said, that you may not think that that's where you want to be, but, but I see something 
and some other people see it, they affirm that, that somehow another kids gravitate to you. If you find kids running away from you, just, we, we, we're going to put you someplace else beside the children's ministry. No harm, no foul. If you are a disorganized person, you gifted and you got, you, you got a gift, but you're so disorganized, we can't put you over the thing. We're going to slot you in a spot, but if we put you over it, we'll, 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 we'll get ready to go eat. And people say, well, where's the food? Well, oh, was I supposed to do that? You don't have the gift of administration. People who are close to you and love you will tell you and, and who will be honest with you, just ask them, do you think I serve in this, in this area? Your ministry will affirm you. Okay? So, so what am I saying? Let, let's, let's begin looking at it. So, so we, uh, the, the body gifts. Come on, I got to get real, real quick. I'm going to run through this real quick, okay? The body gifts, we have the gifts of helps. Uh, Romans the 12th chapter, verse 6 through 8. Let's read this right quick. Come on, guy. What am I saying? Let the Holy Spirit move in and through you. Let the Holy Spirit have his way. Begin to pursue God and to ask him, what area can I best serve? Because when, you, when, you, when you're operating in your spiritual gift, you're going to best serve in an area and you're going to be a, 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 a blessing to others. Text said this, Romans, the 12th chapter, Apostle Paul writes, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out, with as much faith as God has given you. Next verse says what? If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, what? Teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I love Mama Jessie's stand-ups. Uh, she's going to be the Lord now, but Bobby's mother, Mama Jessie, had the gift of encouragement. She would call you on every birthday, every anniversary, just, 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 to kind of just, just say, hey, happy birthday, I love you. Uh, and she would give you the biggest, tightest hugs on this side of heaven. And I miss them hugs. Amen? Because some of y'all be running away from folk. I know you say, well, it's in the era of COVID now, but you know what? Uh, Here's what I'm going to tell you. COVID is going to be around for a while, so you better start adapting and moving forward. Amen? Uh, uh, Be careful, but, but learn how, how to, to, to be uh, connected with people, okay? He says, if your gift, so, so the gift of encouragement is what she had. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it what? Gladly. Next verse says what? Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. So the body gift, the body gifts are the gifts of helps. These on, on, on the app, the gifts of helps, the gifts of exhortation or encouragement, the gifts of hospitality, the gift of giving, uh, the gift of leadership or ruling, the gift of mercy. These are body gifts. These are gifts that are in the body of Christ. Uh, the intercession and then administration, those gifts are there and available to be used by God to help build the body up. And lastly, we have what we call the Holy Spirit-inspired gifts. Holy Spirit gifts, if you look at 1 Corinthians 12 chapter, we, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up on that next week and then we'll go into this next one and try to wrap this thing up. But what am I saying? I'm saying that each one of you all in here, God has blessed with spiritual giftings. Be 
cognizant, be aware of the fact that God wants to use you in your special place of gifting. Too many of y'all have backed up and have not been connected and involved. God said it's time for you to use your gift to help build the body. This past two and a half years, I know it's been tough. I know we've had, uh, you know, uh, I say we, I mean, this entire country, this whole world has had to deal with the issues of COVID. But now it's time for us to get moving in reaching out to people. You can do it in a creative uh, way. COVID has caused us to be able to do things different than what we did before. And a lot of those things are good things. Amen. Aren't you glad we don't have to waste 10, not waste, have 10 minutes taking up the offering bucket, passing it? Have y'all missed the offering bucket? Have y'all, y'all want to bring it back? I know you, I, I didn't think you did. You give online, you drop in the box and, and, we, and we're done with it. You don't see me up, I'm not going to sit up here and, 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 and twist your arm and, and try to jab you into giving. I'm going to teach you and I'm going to exhort you. Amen. Now it's up to you and your God. But, but guys, listen, get connected. Let's, let's learn and let's settle into where God wants us to be and let him use our spiritual gifts to help build the body up. That's what he says. Those gifts you have are given so you can help build the body up, glorify God and do what? Edify others. So my challenge to you today is, is let's get back connected. Let's get involved. You've been, waste, you've been, you've been, you've been away too long. Can I say it again? When was the last time? Have you prayed about what, what you want to get involved with? I told you, just, I'm asking two things of you. Internally get involved, externally get involved with the outreach ministry. Have you prayed about that? The answer is probably no. So as your pastor, I'm asking you to get involved. Let God use you. As we as a church become more intricately involved in our community outreach efforts. Your gift is needed in this body. Don't sit on it. Let God use you in a mighty way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.